Hey, Rafer. Hey, Kristen. Do you have a favorite movie president? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, a favorite movie president. Um, I always like the idea of Michael Douglas in uh, The American oh, President. Oh, you just love him too much. I do. He's so smarmy. You, you know, you know I love I, Michael you Douglas. You know I can't stand him. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just thought how awesome it would be if Michael Douglas was our president. But, uh, but really my favorite, let's say, on-screen president has got to be Martin Sheen in The West Wing. Uh, you know, he was just such a um, he was just such a, a a clear liberal dream president. He was He's the, the president we wish we could that have. He was he was, every time he was on screen. I was like, look, it's Bill Clinton, only really great. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> only not totally screwed up. I love Bill Clinton. I, look, me too. You know, you know I, I do. Him. You know I do. But uh, that's 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 what I loved about the West Wing. Oh well. How about you? I, I, I'm going to say something even more smarmy than mm. uh, Michael Douglas. Billy Bob Thornton in Love Actually. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing kind of an over the top sort of W character. Who's yeah. Just, he's southern. He's a good old boy. But he's also a little Bill Clinton because he's smarmy with the ladies. Yeah. It, yeah. Every time he's on screen in that movie, I just laugh my head off. That is so funny. That's, yeah. a, that's a deep catalog choice on your part there, uh, Kristen. Well, I'm well, impressed. You, you know why we're talking about America and American presidents, don't I, you? I do. Olympus Has Fallen. This is the new movie starring Morgan Freeman. As Speaker of the House as the stand-in president. Not not the president, not the <laughs> We just have to president. make that clear. Yeah. Um, as well as a whole cast of characters, including playing the president, Aaron Eckhart. But right. we're not going to talk about that quite yet. Let's introduce ourselves first and then talk about some other movies. Let's. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Date. We have three movies to talk about this week. Should we just start with the movie that I know you love the most, the romantic comedy? You know me in a romantic I, I comedy. I know how much you love romantic comedies. Yes. Let's, let's play a clip of Admission. I'm sorry, so you're just this single dad traveling the world with his kid doing good? Ah, well, when you put it like that, it just sounds so appealing. <laughs> but I have that on a t-shirt, actually. Single dad traveling the world with his kid doing good. You could borrow it someday if you'd like. I'm not sure people would believe it on me. This is Tina Fey and Paul Rudd. Uh, she is uh, Portia Nathan. She's an admissions officer at Princeton, hard-nosed workaholic um, and, uh, you know, gunning for a promotion. Could be the head of the office soon. Um, she gets a call from John Pressman, an old acquaintance of hers uh, from college who has this student uh, that he really wants her to meet. He's He's an unorthodox kid named Jeremiah, a little bit, you know, flawed, had a rough time, but he's, he's brilliant. He's a prodigy. And John, who runs this kind of wacky, earthy, crunchy high school called New Quest, wants Portia to meet this, this promising young candidate who, ahem, by the way, may just be the son that Portia gave up for adoption years ago. Uh, so there is that little wrinkle. And now I think what we've got here is... The hard-nosed career woman having to face the maternal instincts bubbling up from inside her as she gets to know this young boy. That's Ooh. that's admission. That's a fantastic summary. Okay, that's there excellent. You go. Yes, that's pretty much all of it. Green light that. <laughs> on top of that, we also have the family member who might steal the show, depending on who you ask. Lily Tomlin, yes, her wacky kind of second wave feminist mom who. 
might be so academic that she's just an asshole. Yes. <laughs> we, we also have her cheating academic husband, no, boyfriend. Porsche's, yeah, Porsche's cheating academic boyfriend. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, who I think is fantastic in this movie because <laughs> Michael Sheen is never not fantastic. Exactly. He's just great no matter what he does. So true. And we also have this, you know, possible romance happening. It's not just a story of admitting this young man possibly into Princeton, it might be about admitting people into her heart. Oh, Kristen. Yes, you... I went there. I knew you were going to love that. I knew you, you would love that. You gleaned the multiple layers of the title. <laughs> and you and you thought I wasn't going to say it out loud. You thought I was not going to say it, and I just said it. You did. I you said did. it. But what did you think of it, Rafer? Well, okay, a couple things. I... I uh, Tina Fey, uh, whom everyone on the planet, including myself, loves, um, so far, I think on the big screen, not that successful. Um, Baby Mama, Date Night, I think those films did well enough. Um, they haven't really knocked it out of the park. And I, I, I keep waiting for her to get paired up with somebody who could kind of do her justice. I'm, I'm going to say Greg Kinnear in Baby Mama, not. Mm. Steve Carell in Date Night, not. These are these kind of comfy, cozy male leads they keep putting her with. And Who do you want her to be with? Well, I George thought, Clooney? Well, Paul Rudd is a pretty good, like when I saw the poster, I thought, ah, Paul Rudd, good idea. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is to me is like the ketchup of romantic comedy. He goes well with anyone, right? Aww. I mean, he, he makes anybody look good, right? And he, you know, he's, he's kind of dreamy. He's cute, but he's funny. He's, you know, he's not George Clooney, but he's he's handsome and he's and he's a really good comedic actor. And so I thought, all right, maybe this will be it. I like this. Um, I didn't really think they had a lot of chemistry on screen, though. I, again, I felt there was a lot of they kind of, you know, they they. I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. They you know they fall into bed. Everything's kind of okay and nice and warm and fuzzy. I don't get that. You know, t- 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 I don't get that I, sort of that friction. You I know, know what I'm saying? You, I know what you mean. But yeah. you know, what I'm wondering is it's hard to do comedy and to have a lot of uh, chemistry at the same time, maybe, if you're Tina Fey. I don't know. Because Tina Fey, the kind of characters she normally plays are these kind of wacky, independent. And I don't know how much of this is based on her own personality right. or how much of it is. But I'm trying to think of Tina Fey ever having chemistry with anybody on TV or right. in film. I don't know if she ever does. does right. She? No, I, I, I can't think of anyone. Who, who plays her significant other? Is it a husband? Is James Marsden who plays it on 30 Rock, I think? Um, She's it, had lots of significant others oh, on, oh, okay. on All 30 right. Rock. Right. 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 Over the years, there have been a few of them. John, John Hamm for a while. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, not a regular, I'm not a regular watcher, so that, that, as I just proved. Um, well, at any rate, I, you know, to me, I, I feel like Tina Fey is sort of like a modern-day kind of Rosalind Russell type. She's in a fast funny, smart, career, professional she usually plays. I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe she does need like a George Clooney to kind of sweep her off her feet a little bit and sort of give her something to kind of blush over. But, mm. you know, Paul Rudd, you know, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And here is my main problem with this movie. Does anyone in this film have any sense of ethics? I mean, <laughs> you... 
<laughs> it's it's very it's, hard it's for me. Ivy League admissions, Rafer. Yeah. We already know that's well, the case. But it's yeah. Ivy League admissions. But I just kind of thought, like, okay, wait a minute. So you've got John Pressman who's trying to get a favorite student into the school, into Princeton. So he starts sleeping with the admissions officer. And what's more, you've got the admissions officer, Tina Fey, who's trying to doing everything she can secretly to get that kid into Princeton when she thinks he's her son. And I just kept thinking, wait, why would I be rooting for you two if if my kid applied to Princeton and got rejected and I found out this was going on, I would be outraged. There would be a news story on the front paper, you know, on the front page of the paper about this, you know, disastrous scandal at Princeton. And I just felt like I don't understand why I'm supposed to be thinking you guys are all cute and and cuddly and aw shucks over this. I mean, what did you think? Because you know what, Rafer? It's not really about all of the breaches of ethics. It's about breaching those barriers to your heart. Did I already mention the admission thing? I know. (laughs) Yes. And because because she has an admission to make. Yes. Yes, I know. Yes. 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 No, I mean, I'll agree with you. The ethics, eh, there's some issues with that. I'll also say that Sometimes the movie doesn't seem to quite know what it's supposed to be. Is it a romantic yeah. comedy? Is it an intergenerational uh, comeuppance? Yeah. Uh, is, is it uh, a professional woman versus a family woman parable? Yeah. It could be a lot of different things. But all of that being said, even with all of its messiness and the not quite right chemistry, there were points where I was really moved by it, where oh, really? I really loved the characters, where I was really touched, and I got a little bit of a clumped at certain points. Did you? Yeah, I did. I really right. did. All so right. even though it was messy, I could accept that mess, and I could I could love that mess. Maybe okay. not love it, but like it plenty. Okay. Uh, so in the in the end, not perfect, but I'll take that mess of not perfect. And, yeah. And and I'll admit it to my heart. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I did it again. I got to oh. stop it. This is awful. This I, is awful. All right. I say so, I say not great date. Not great date? Are you saying it's an okay date? I'm saying not great. Oh. No. Not okay. O- not okay. Okay. All right. I think I think it's an okay date. All right. I think it's okay. <laughs> okay and not okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. 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 Right. Well, let's uh, let's do a little uh, a little listener mail. Didn't you say we had a, a few a few good ones? We got a lot of listener mail this week. Let's read one of them because I, I think that this one has some fun facts in it for some folks out there. This is yes. from Aaron on Facebook. Aaron wrote, "I laughed my ass off at the review of the call, Rafer. You did." make all of us laugh. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Just thinking about it. Um, When I saw the trailer, I couldn't help but laugh at how bad it was. Then I noticed something that could explain that. One of the film production companies is WWE. Yes, the wrestling company. Aaron, thanks so much for your letter. That's a great fun fact. I didn't yes, know that. It's a it's a it's a great fun fact, and and I I noticed that too. Well, I, I had a I had a hint because I was at a promotional screening of that film, and they introduced um, David Otunga, who is a, a a wrestler. He plays a very small role uh, uh, as uh, Morris Chestnut's uh, LAPD partner. And uh, and then when I was watching the opening credits, I you know amongst the eight or ten studios that were apparently involved in that film, one of them is WWE, and I kind of thought, 
Well, that's bizarre, but it certainly explains David Otunga, I guess. Now we know why he's in there. So anyway, if you go see the film, uh, take, take a look for him. Don't blink. Don't blink or you'll miss him. But he, he is in there. I would love it if all sorts of other industries just started making movies. Yes, or do I, a lot of them do that and I just don't know it? You know, I, I, it, I think it depends. I think you do get a lot of people from various industries. And this used to be the case back in the day. But you'd get people from various industries who just wanted to be a producer on a film and they just dump a bunch of money into it. Um, and I, you know, Rock of Ages, uh, I think, sort of launched that way. The play, at least, uh, launched that way. A guy uh, from Long Island, actually. Um, who just, you know, went around hitting up wealthy people and they all just, you know, chipped in some money and got a play made. Awesome. Yeah. I, let's let's get all of our money together, Rafer. What is that? <laughs> I have like $4 in the bank. Say, all right. Now we have $210. What can we make? We can make an excellent documentary with our iPhones. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about a movie really, really, really quickly. You weren't able to make it to the screening, but I did. It's called The Croods. <laughs> The sun is in his hands. No, no. It's fire. Where did it come from? He made it. Make some for me. It Uh, doesn't come uh, out uh, of him. Make make it. All righty. That's the crudes. Doesn't that sound so good, Rafer? Well, now, I actually have to say I sort of – I don't want to say I had high hopes, but I was kind of intrigued because the premise sounded – Sort of promising. What? Tell, give me the premise, Kristen. All right. So we have a caveman voiced by Nicolas Cage yeah. who does everything he can to keep his family safe in the cave. But a teenage daughter of his, played by Emma Stone's voice, she has bigger hopes for this life. She wants to make it outside the cave. She wants to go out there and see the world. And when some continental drift totally destroys their cave and their community, they're actually forced to go out into the world and survive. Mm. Now, Dad is a man of might. He can pick up rocks. He can throw things. He can hide in a cave. But he's not a guy with critical thinking skills. He's a caveman. His whole family, they're cavemen. And she, the daughter, has a bit of a crush on somebody she meets who's more evolved, a boy played by Ryan Reynolds' voice, who uses reason, not might to get by in the world. Ah. This young man helps them to survive, to find their way to a safer place. And maybe along the way, there's a little bit of romance. Maybe along the way, our caveman dad becomes a little bit more enlightened. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two things I... Two, so the one... The two things. One thing I noticed about this film. Well, one was that, that you know, Nicolas Cage is a caveman. You know, okay, I like that. Emma Stone is the voice of the cave girl. I like that. And I also noticed uh, that uh, she's kind of a hottie. Right, she's got she, kind of a sort of a not a. She's got like a, a Wilma Flintstone outfit, but kind on of a, a halt, Pocahontas kind of a, body. Yeah, kind of a and sort of like a sort of like a cave, a cave girl halter top or something yeah. that she's got right, shoulderless. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's there's, right. There's that. She's but anyway, showing a lot of skin. Yeah. How, how does it all work out? So, so you were excited about this movie, but I'm going to tell you something. You already saw Ice Age four, whatever it was, Ice Age three, with Continental the sub- subtitle Continental yeah. Drift. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that when you said it. (laughs) This is almost the same Mm, movie. Yeah. And it's just as loud. It's just as not funny. It's it's very loud and not funny, unfortunately. There's lots of physical humor, I think it's supposed to be, of rocks falling on people, people accidentally setting themselves on fire, people running around in circles. Coyote Roadrunner stuff. Lots of yelling. Lots and lots and lots of yelling. Yep. And really, I think my... Five-year-old nephews told me funnier jokes than anything that's in this movie. It's just not Ouch. funny at all. I thought it was a really, really bad date, personally. I'm sorry to hear that. But, you know, I have to say it's, um, you know, children's movies, um, 
when are they going to make a good one? When are they going to make one? You know, where's where's the Rats of Nim? You know, where's where's a movie that you want to sit through that's enjoyable, that looks good, that's got a really good story and a good voice cast that kind of means something? They, it's all it's it's exactly it's so what you're saying. Rare. It's, it's all musical numbers, slapstick, and and just noise, noise, noise. Oh God, yeah, bad. Well, all of them bad. I'm, sorry. I'm looking forward to some good animated movies. Maybe this summer. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, but oh, okay. Oh. All right. Well, let's move on to the movie that we we're all most excited about this week. Olympus has fallen. We have contact from inside the White House. Trace confirms it's the president's sat phone. Put it through. Mr. President? Negative. Identify yourself. Oscar Zulu. 309er. Jesus, Banning? Where are you? In the Oval Office. There's a president in the bunker. First of all, I have to point out that this is one of two movies where the White House has taken over right. coming out in the next few months. The other one is called White House Down. <laughs> yes, with Channing Tatum. Yes, Channing right. Tatum. And in this one, some North Korean terrorists take over the White House. They hold the VP, the president, some other major players in the White House hostage. And, they, and a visiting prime, minif- prime minister from South Korea. That's right, yes. And the plan is to get certain codes out of those people in the White House who control all the nuclear bombs and to uh, have some demands met. Yep. And the only way that they're ever going to get out of this conundrum, it seems, is through the help of a disgraced bodyguard played by Gerard Butler. Yep. Gerard Butler happens to be in the White House when all of this is happening. And much like a diehard sort of scenario, this one man has to take down this whole terrorist operation. Can he do it? Will he save America? Will he save the president? Right. Um, well, now you 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 said much like a diehard scenario, but I, my, I mean, I, my question to you is: Isn't this actually exactly <laughs> like? I'm, I'm not I'm not sure it's much like Die Hard at all. It is the movie Die Hard from 1988. No. It's not because yes, Die is. Hard is smart. Oh no, I just played <laughs> oh, my cards. No. Oh no! Oh, why did I do that? Oh god! Did you? Okay, so all right. <laughs> okay, let's tell just me, go is, with do it. you really think this is as smart as a Die Hard movie? You know how in Die Hard he uses his wits. Does, yeah. Does, does <laughs> I remember Gerard that. Butler ever use his wits? Well, I mean, okay, not quite the way you're thinking. No, not not in any kind of creative way that uh, that uh, Bruce Willis as John McClane did in, in Die Hard. Um, but, you know, no one ever asks him to solve the water jug uh, riddle. You know? <laughs> so what, what can he do? Um, I think here's here's what I decided about Olympus has fallen while I was watching it. As- aside from um, a lot of the uh, what I thought was needless patriotism and kind of you know drum beating and jingoism. There's a there's a great my favorite part of this movie is probably the the point of death pledge of allegiance uh, screamed out by Melissa Leo as the uh, Secretary of Defense as she's being dragged off by the North Korean terrorists. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag. I just thought, wow, good for you. You went there, man. You you stuck that right into this movie. Wow, no shame. You didn't also just love the slow motion flags falling from the lo- White House. Love it. You didn't. Catch- Tattered and burned and bullet pocked. Yes, uh, I loved it. Loved it. Um, here's what I would say about it. This movie to me was not half bad. It's uh, Antoine Fuqua, the director, who I thought did a really good, slick, fast job with it. Pretty decent cast. Morgan Freeman playing the black cop from Die Hard, only here he's <laughs> the Speaker of the House on the outside communicating with uh, uh, Gerard Butler on the inside. Um, 
you know, Aaron Eckhart as the as the president. He's no Bonnie Bedelia from Die Hard, <laughs> but he's okay. I mean, basically, basically, this was like. You know, when you go to a, a, a bar and you see like a, a fairly decent bar band doing a cover song and you think, oh, I like that song. Oh, <laughs> oh they're going to do more than a feeling. I like that song. <laughs> that song is good. And then, and then they do it and you think, oh, hey, wow, they actually pulled it off. Not bad. Okay. I'm totally happy. I saw, I saw the Die Hard ripoff. It was all right. Matinee price, worth it. That's what I'm going to say. Really? Yep. Wow. And you? you I'm shocked. You, well, you, weren't, you, the, you there, weren't down well, with White House. Well, with, there, uh, I didn't with say Olympus that. Maybe I'm going to say that. But the first thing I want to say about this movie, if you're somebody who has a lot of fears about our national security being, eh, not quite up to snuff, <laughs> this movie is not going to assuage your fears. It, mm. It's so easy to break into the White House. It, it is so easy. You and a dozen people, you don't even have to be Korean. No, I'm Korean, you have to but, have a bunch of next generation technology that's oh, been stolen. You've got to have two guys in a plane who are willing to kamikaze no, it. No, so easy. You, and, then once you're, and then once you're in the White House, everybody who's in the White House, they're such wimps. You don't have to waterboard them or rape them. All you have to do is like punch them twice and they're like, all right, I'll give you all the code numbers. Okay, now that's a good point. <laughs> everybody, you punch but them the, twice and they're, and they're crying. And whimpering, like I'll tell you anything. But the president said, "But the, well, okay, we can't spoil too much because there, 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 there is, there are three codes to be gotten, and uh, and of course the presidents will be the last to be extracted. Um, and extracted? there is extracted is extracted really the right. Well, word? you know what I'm saying. That's part of that's the plan. Um, it's not extracted when all you have to do is bitch slap somebody a couple times. <laughs> Like, that's not extracting. That's true. And and also, it is it is also true that nobody thought about some very, you know, some of the more rudimentary rules of code breaking, which is, you know, now that, you know, that you can essentially crack this code with a with a super fast computer and figure it out within the space of, let's say, a 90 minute film. So there are there are some. There are some lapses in logic in, uh, in Olympus Has Fallen. The movie was not only 90 minutes. The movie was like four hours. No. <laughs> it was so long. It packs a lot in, Kristen. It packs a lot in. Oh, my God. It was so long. I, I, I think it was an hour and 47 minutes. Okay. Maybe you're right. All right. Maybe. And you know what? It only needed to be 85 minutes. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to also say too much shooting, too loud. <laughs> Too much shooting. It's an action movie. Oh, my God. I was getting a headache at a certain point. It was just too much shooting. You well, know what? I, the, sh- the, shooting mo- the shooting scenes are the, are the only good scenes. The rest, yeah. of, the rest of it's awful. I would have liked it if there were more smarts and more strategy. Yeah, yeah. I, no, you look, know, I, I, it, it I agree with you. It could have been smart. It could have been clever. And instead, it's just like, oh, here's another scene where they're just going to shoot for 15 minutes. And I'm going to think... About other stuff like the groceries I have to buy after this movie, <laughs> and did I pick up my laundry? Wow. And then, and then, look, fifteen minutes later, they're still just shooting. Still shooting. Still well, you know what? Shooting. You're a girl. I'm a guy. I was, I was down with it. I was fine. I was fine to be sitting in the theater, enjoying, enjoying the violence, enjoying Gerard <laughs> Butler beating up some people. I thought, cool. That's all right. <laughs> so you're saying it's a good date? <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. There are so few decent action films out there, and we just saw the the horrible, foul, official Die Hard sequel, A Good Day to Die Hard. This is way better than that. Okay, way you know what? Better. I will give that to you. This All is right. a lot better than that, but anything's better than that. I've seen Purina dog child commercials that are better than that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. not that yeah. hard to be no, better than that. That was, a, that, was a, that was a truly bad film. Puppies are cute. All right, so... I'm saying a bad date. You're saying bad date. I'm saying perfectly acceptable date. (laughs) 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go out on trivia, shall we? Let's. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll remind everyone of last week's trivia, which was in honor of um, the incredible Burt Wonderstone, the not-so-incredible Burt Wonderstone, so I thought. So funny. Hilarious. Uh, hilarious, Kristen said, <laughs> with quotes around it and an exclamation point. Hilarious. Uh, all right. We, we played a, uh, a clip of a song, and uh, here it is. to be her when I grew up. Oh, it's a great song, oh, isn't it? so, so, so good. And so we asked, basically, uh, that being a magic-themed song, uh, we asked uh, what Gene Kelly film it appeared in, and uh, we got many, many answers, but uh, only one of you called in, and we like we liked the call-ins, because they're more fun, so we're going to play that one for you right now. Hi, this is Larry Rand from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. Love the show. Thank you. Awesome work, Larry. Way to go, Larry. Larry. That's great. Thank you so much for calling us from Pennsylvania. You know what? Pennsylvania Avenue. It's just taking us back into oh, these presents. Oh, Kristen. yeah. Bring it. Right. All right. So for this week's trivia question, we're going to play a clip. And the actor in this clip is playing a fictionalized version of a real sitting U.S. president. Give us the name of the actor, the name of the movie, and the real president that he's depicting. Thank you for that kind introduction, Tommy. And uh, thank you for the fish. <laughs> yeah, he gave me a, a big slab-sided, wide-bellied fella. Look a lot like me. <laughs> Put it right on the grill and gave it some heat, kind of like they're doing to me now, too. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming out tonight. I know how hard you work and how little time you have to rest. If you know the answer, call us at 5717movies or log on to Facebook.com slash MovieDatePodcast. And while you're at the Movie Date Podcast Facebook page, keep your eye out for some bonus trivia questions. I put oh. one up last week, and I'm probably going to put up another one this week. So pay attention, folks. 